Hello, and welcome to the Quilt MC Developer Meetings podcast, the podcast that isn't really a podcast. If you're new here, this is just a collection of recordings of each public Quilt Project Developer Meeting, lightly edited for comfort and uploaded as a podcast for ease of accessibility. Our meetings are held on Discord every two weeks and recorded live by a fleet of Discord bots, hence the lower audio quality. For more information on what the Quilt Project is and what we do here, please head over to quiltmc.org. All right, let's get started, shall we? Uh, it's good to have everyone here again. I didn't ping everyone this time. I'm sure people will be appreciative of somewhat. Um, let's get started with uh, a cheater. Do you want to talk about Chasm a bit? What's been going on? Yes, I would like to talk about Chasm a little bit. Um, lots has, has been happening on Chasm uh, during the past two weeks. Um, last time I talked a little bit about how I was slowly keep uh, walk, working away on the new version of Chasm that's hopefully no longer prototype, and that was really a lot of progress. So uh, as people may or may not have seen, we successfully had our first actual bytecode transformations on the new version, and it works very well. Uh, after fixing some initial performance bottlenecks, we're now easily doing millions of transformations within seconds, so performance should not be a problem, which was a little bit of a concern in the past because we had no information on that. Um, I've been working on the Chasm language a little bit, which is not public yet. Um, not sure if that's going to be the final version, but I need something for development. And yeah, all in all, good progress. Uh, feel free to check it out. It's worked really well. Com um, Contributions have been great. Uh, I opened a bunch of issues on the first day I put it public, and people were very eager to help to join in and tackle some of the easier and more complex tasks, which is really great. And we've tried to do that with some other projects now. So if you're interested in doing some little things that always help out, there's always always stuff that people don't want to do because it's just a bunch of work. Um, but <laughs> that are not really hard. Like for example, for Chasm, it was, um, what was the top one? I was just reformat a big class that has like a single method with like hundreds of lines of code, just split it up into multiple methods and makes, make the code so much better. Anyone can do that, but I'm more worried about getting the rest going. So that worked really well. And we tried to do it with other projects as well. So that's cool. Cool. Um, yeah, it's not like we're going to have a full release on Tuesday for 118, but we're getting progress done, like really good progress, which is cool. Yeah, it's quite impressive work, actually, considering how much longer you guys thought it was going to take to get to this stage. It was like, it really was like, you know, the saying is like 80% planning and then 20% execution. It's like, Kesson has been to 99% planned out until now. Like, Prototype was mainly there for just more planning, and you have just such a good picture in mind of where you want to be that the implementation is just tapping away at the keyboard and not thinking too much about it. So yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think the original estimate of uh, what was it like two years was a bit uh, over the top, maybe? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know when that estimate was. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still a bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> 
There's still yeah. a bunch of stuff to do because, for example, we don't have the locks implemented yet, and I'm not entirely sure about how to represent local variables or uh, method parameters. All that stuff still needs to be figured out, but that's, that's for the most common things, for injects, for the simplest inject, that would already be working. Like, so, yeah. Looking Very good. Very cool. Sounds like some great work has been done there. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, Supercoder, would you like to have a quick chat about decompilers? Uh, yes. So first of all, I would like to say that um, the Quiltflower idea plugin is now available for everyone to use on the store made by uh, Earth Computer. It's really good. I would recommend it. We also have a snapshot repo if you haven't been looking at the devlog. Um, it has bleeding edge builds for everything that we've been working on, which includes improved try with resources, switch expressions, improved line mapping once again by Earth Computer, the formatter by Earth Computer again, uh, some more miscellaneous fixes, and some optimization. There's also a 1.6.1 release to fix a few of the most glaring bugs with 1.6.0. Um, uh, it might be good if you are looking to recompile the game or something, but it's not too important, I think. I would wait for 1.7.0, which has all the new cool stuff. I think that's it. Cool. That sounds great. It, it's always really impressive to see the work that goes into that project, especially coming from your hands. Um, you're kind of ridiculous, honestly. Really good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> I think everyone agrees there. All right. Um, Alex Earth, I think one of you is to talk about Loader. Maybe Alex uh, or I'll Earth. Talk I about know. what I've done. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I've been working on uh, merging upstream um, because, like, we've fallen quite far behind on upstream. And. Um, <laughs> just reading what Cheetah said. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I got about halfway through that, fixed all the merged conflicts, um, and then I came. I became kind of busy with updating like my own mods 1.18 because I don't want them to fall behind either. Um, so um, Glitch offered to take over the um, the merging upstream. Um, he was going to do it before car journey, but apparently has not um, has not managed to download it. So, but anyway, uh, that that's being done. Likely won't be out for one point eighteen straight away, at least. Um, Alex, do you want to talk about some of the stuff you've done as well? Because I don't know anything about that. Sure. Um, so I've been doing a, a bit of work on loader plugins. They're still in fairly early development at the moment. It's not not really usable, but they're they're progressing. Um, that's about it, sadly. That's all right. Progress is still progress, after all. Um, okay. Uh, Oro, would you like to talk about mappings? Yes, I see. Progress is still poggers, and now I'm blocked by Hakim, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
Uh, mapping's have been going along really well. We've been getting a lot of pull requests merged in the past two weeks. Um, I think there's four right now that are almost ready to be merged in before 1.18. Um, I think there's one that I need to go and fix up that does a huge refactoring of rendering, but I just don't have time for that. But it probably should be done because uh, rendering code's not very great, but whatever. Um, other stuff, um, the build script for quilt mappings since last week has been completely redone. I had a pull request that rewrote all of it into Java instead of Groovy. And it's a lot better now. It's a lot easier for the quilt mappings team to add new features to that build script. So one of the things that we did is we um, made it so you can decompile the game with both quilt flower and CFR. Previously, it was just CFR. So that's nice. Another thing that we're working on right now is adding ways to check that mappings are spelled correctly that um, like public static final fields are all caps and underscores, stuff like that, so that um, at least the names, or not the names, but the actual words and stuff like that have consistency. And so you don't look at a field and see it as just a constant, or as a constant, even though it's something that can change. Okay, certainly sounds like good progress as well. Uh, the rendering names are something that people have had, uh, sort of a, it's been sort of a pain point for a long time with Yarn, hasn't it? Yes, I can attest to this personally. I have, uh, <laughs> worked on, uh, Blaze 4D, which we chose to switch to MotionMap because some of the poor names. Um, hopefully I can get our team to switch back, but I'm not sure about it. Um, this pull request is also just the first phase where I go for 100% mapping coverage in the rendering packages and move some stuff. Oh yeah, that's actually a big thing I forgot about. Um, because we have access to MojMap, something that we've decided to do is um, migrate the Blaze 3D packages, that's Mojang's rendering API, into, the into their own package if... Um, if they are part of that package on um, in MojMap. So a lot of the classes in Yarn that are in um, Net Minecraft Client GL are actually part of the Blaze 3D stuff. And so this pull request takes all the rendering ones for that and moves them into Com Mojang Blaze 3D. And that's to make sure that um, you know what you're what you're looking at is more representative of what Minecraft's code is because um, Blaze 3D was eventually planned on being taken out, and so if it does down the future, having it already kind of in its own package is helpful. Um, so that's nice. And then I think yeah, there's another thing here. Um, quilt mappings on Loom got an update a while ago. Um, it now. Um, works a little bit better and um, hopefully doesn't have as many issues though I keep seeing people pop up with issues and I'm like oh no I don't like working with loom because it's a very big mess well that seems to be the uh, uh, the inevitability of Gradle plugins at this point doesn't it <laughs> 
if Gradle like fixes my issue that I opened on on the GitHub, maybe I'll go back to build tools. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a lot of great progress on mappings. Uh, we'll come back to you a bit later, of course, since there's a few more things to talk about, but I can wait a little bit. Um, okay, Aurora, would you like to talk about QSL a bit? Yeah. So QSL. Um, since since last meeting, I think we merge tags API, which means now there's um there's a way to get tags easily, and the difference with Fabric API is it has um uh, tag types, which means you can have client-only tags, you can have uh, uh, client fallback tags, and you can uh, and you can say if your tag is required by the server or the client, which are kind of essential features when you think about it. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Um, it's not yet usable with Fabric API yet because there isn't a um, because the Fabric API Compat library isn't done yet, but it's also been worked on because um, since uh, since loader won't be available for 1.18, we will try to at least make QSL available on Fabric instead uh, through the compatibility of the Fabric API compatibility library, which means it's a re-implementation of Fabric API, but some parts uh, will, uh, will use QSL instead of its own implementation. To ensure, uh, so it both ensures uh, compatibility and it allows to use QSL. And now, um, there's still a lot of pull requests open, which kind of require a lot of reviews. Um, the most urgent one currently is the event phases one because it introduced some refactors. And once once it's in, it will simplify a lot, a lot of things, and it will simplify the Fabric API compatibility uh, library. So. Here's a list of the QSL peers that need a, need some attention, and and it's Kindaid. So hopefully we can get something for 1.18 uh, quickly. And the main goal is to have event phases before November 30th, so we can. Um, do the Fabric API on path quickly. Um, and uh, it should also be available shortly, hopefully. And I think I said it all. Oh, um, yes, um, there was also some changes, like um, there's a run config in Loom, which is when autos test server. But uh, in normal environments, it won't run 
it won't be automatic because it will never stop. But now with QSL base, if you include the quilt.auto underscore test with a number of ticks, it will automatically automatically stop the server after the given tick time. So now we so now the task can actually be used um, outside of um, the it's outside of test modes. So hopefully that can be useful for some people. And the other thing I would like to include in QSL as fast as we can is the game test API. So we can have um, some game test uh, in QSL from the start. So we can ensure that everything is tested correctly. And the and another thing we could do is make a common uh, a common repository of 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 test structures to ensure um, that mods don't break something that we we could uh, give to modders so they can test stuff easily without having to recreate. Uh, common tests. So yeah, I don't think I have more to say now. So yeah, that's it. That is a fantastic amount of stuff. I can't lie. You've been super busy, clearly. Um, if anyone missed it, Aurora did post a nice big list of pull requests that need attention. Uh, I've pinned it in the meeting chat channel. But if you're a developer, you're interested in QSL, please go have a look. Go poke those PRs, give some reviews, give some feedback. Always appreciate Um, Okay. Uh, I guess I'm next. Uh, as for the community team, not a whole ton of things have been happening. Um, I'd say the big one that anyone will have noticed is the change to the mappings commands. Now, there are still issues with these commands, mostly because hashed isn't quite stable yet, which means that Linky Core is, well, it's not entirely working with it. Um... As hash progresses, hopefully we'll work with Shadaniel to fix that. But in the meantime, we've updated them to slash commands and a whole bunch of fixes have been put in, mostly by uh, SSCHR15, or who we often wrongfully uh, refer to as Chris. Done a crap ton of pull requests in the background that you guys haven't seen. Yep, that's right, cheater. Um, as Cheater mentions, we've set up devlogs channels for each of the different quilt teams. So for their projects, you can subscribe to the individual channels. If your communities or projects have specific interests in, in any specific team's work, they're also forwarded to the devlogs channel on the community server right at the top there under information. Um, we've also onboarded a few more staff members. Um, Akris and Alize, who are part of the same plural system, have joined the trainee team on, I think it was the 18th. And uh, they're doing well. They've been helping us out. Very professional work. Uh, of course, Emma has just graduated today. Congratulations, Emma. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> so things are moving along. Uh, personally, I have RSI, so I haven't been able to do too much this week or last week, but I'm getting better and I will get on track track with that again. Um, of course, most of what I need to do is COSY related. 
We also had a discussion about the plurality tools we're using, specifically Tupperbox. Uh, some issues were brought up with Tupperbox and the approach we were taking to it. Uh, when I'm doing a bit better, I'm going to replace that with Pluralkit, which, as you may know, is an open bot. And I'll integrate that with Cozy a bit better as well, so that should be a bit nicer for our Plural users. And, of course, uh, we had Trans Day of Remembrance on the 20th. Uh, Lemma put out a great announcement about that with a few words. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look at that. It's a super important day, especially for our community. Uh, I think that about covers everything that I can remember. Can you think of anything else, Emma? I think you covered everything, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, as others have mentioned, if you have any questions to ask any of the uh, teams, including community, you can use the ask slash command in the meeting chat channel. Uh, we're not quite at the point where we're going to answer questions yet. Um, I had a chat with Oro earlier about how hash has been, hashed updates happen, and I think he'd like to talk a bit about that. Yeah, so while I am talking about how hashed auto updates and everything like that, you guys should send in some questions so that once I'm done, we can go right into that. Um, yeah, so hashed is, the, the way that hash is able to so easily auto update is that the, um, is that Mojang doesn't change the names that they use very often. So that means that, um, between versions, names will be very consistent so that um, you could compile down to um, emoji map names and your mod will work across multiple versions. The only issue with compiling to emoji map names is that that um, crash reports would be in emoji map. Um, I think there were issues about potential redistribution. Basically, no one really wants to compile it down just to MojMap. Um, so what we decided to do is that we can take the names and run them through a hashing algorithm. And that hashing algorithm is then what we use. So because um, we only take the names from each version, that means that hashed has no concept of um, like, updating between versions, which is one of the issues with um, intermediary, where you have to match between versions manually, which means that, yes, theoretically, hash mode map will have more um, mismatches and you need to compile your mod m multiple times, but that also means that um, Mojang likely changed their function, and so it has to be updated anyway. Uh, Cheater, do you want to say something? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I want to clean up a little bit on like the reason, uh, a few more reasons why we want don't want MojMap um, in general as an underlying thing. Uh, one of the big reasons for me is working in a development environment. If quilt mappings is not perfectly 100% complete, which is Never is because there's always new stuff added by Mojang. It can be, it could be very confusing if you suddenly run into MojMap names when working with QM and the quilt mappings in the meantime. Um, so that's one more reason why we don't want MojMap. 
the other reason we don't want MojMap is because it's not perfectly stable. You might think it's perfectly stable because those are the official names, but uh, one of the very common things to happen is that Mojang moves uh, classes around in packages, and that would always break all the mods that are built for that version. Uh, with hash, we don't have the problem because we always omit the packages, so that can't happen to us. Um, and you might think, oh, well, this can't be that bad if a few classes move around. But yeah, it also changes all the descriptors and everything. There's a bunch of stuff that can go wrong. So hash is good for that. Also, having unique names is great. Yep. And since the hash is um, essentially just generated purely from MojMap names, um, and it doesn't rely on multiple versions, that means that we can update the names almost as soon as the um, a new snapshot or new version comes out. And so one of the things that we have currently is a GitHub action that's supposed to run every 10 minutes, but um, it's not as consistent as that. But as soon as a new Minecraft version comes out, that hashed workflow runs automatically, which allows us to um, update hashed without even needing any human input, um, which is really big because um, that allows not just um, modders to start working, though there would be some issues with that because there would be no quote mappings, but it allows people to start playing on the new version with mods compiled for previous versions instantly. Um, I see that as really useful for a lot of the um, technical YouTubers who want to check out new features and for um, people who use mods like Replay or Iris um, when the new snapshot comes out. Um, we also plan on having a similar workflow for quote mappings. Uh, that is less um, planned out right now, um, but it is something that we are thinking about. And so something that could potentially happen in the near future is that uh, the entire quilt mappings tool chain, so both hashed and quilt mappings, will be able to be auto-updated within, hopefully, 15 minutes of the snapshot coming out, completely removing a human factor of, um, what was I going to say? Uh, completely removing the human factor of availability from that, which is something that both um, uh, quote mappings has had not quite issues with, but like we haven't been super fast sometimes. And I'm sure that's also happened with Fabric. I think there was a time where it took a day for uh, new mappings to come out for a snapshot. But by doing this automatic stuff, we allow for you know, you guys, the developers, to start working almost immediately with the new snapshots, new versions. And so we don't have to wait for, you know, someone to show up and do that, which is big because I don't think there's any 
um, well, there's no modding toolchain for Minecraft that does this yet. And so by allowing that, you know, it gives Quilt quite an advantage over the other toolchains. Yeah. If I may also add something onto this, um, one side is the user side. I think it's nice. And I think it's also, to be fair, I think it's mostly breaking rights if you update within one minute over like updating within an hour. Um, but one reason that I like it so much more is um, because right now there's always this pressure on the quilt mappings team members. That's like, oh, there's a snapshot out. Can any one of you make it within like the next hour to update this? And you know, sometimes that's fine. Sometimes they just happen to be on the PC anyway. Sometimes like uh, the last few days where it like gets released at noon for my time or like early in the morning for like uh, American time zones. Um, it's really just not good to have this pressure on the developers to like force them to be available to that time. So I really want this to be fully automatic to the point where no one has to worry about it. Uh, there's still always going to be some manual matching involved with VR and uh, code mappings, but the requirement should not be to push out a manual mappings update the first day, but like it's fine if it takes two, three days for the next update to come out because the initial update is at least good enough for most people to work. Which is, yeah, it should really just relieve the pressure. Yes, and also the um, the the actual release versions of Minecraft, because they have RCs and pre-releases for them, we will um, reach higher and higher mappings coverage and there will be less and less mappings dropped. So when a full release comes out, you won't be missing, you know, 10% of mappings versus like, oh, they just refactored how all of the entities worked. There goes a third of the entity mappings in a snapshot. So it's not something that if you just work on releases will be a big issue, but there could, it, in snapshots, there will definitely be stuff that changes and it won't be too hard for us to change it around, but it won't be immediate. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I forgot one thing I wanted to add, but I think I forgot it. So yep. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, I see questions coming in. Um, was there anything else you two wanted to cover on on mappings? All right. I will take that as a no. Okay, in that case, let's move on to the questions. Let's just have one second here. Um, oh, Aura has deafened. Hang on a second. <laughs> Oro, would you like to take that question relating to hashed? Yeah, uh, let's see. Is it that's the latest one? Okay, how do we plan on last one? Yeah, how do we plan plan on handling conflicts in hash? Hashing does not guarantee uniqueness. Yes, so there are a couple conflicts that can happen. One of the conflicts is we have two classes with the same name. <laughs> 
um, the way we deal with that is that instead of, ha so for classes, we has hash just the name or just the raw class name. So if it's like net Minecraft client, I don't know, Minecraft client, we'll hash just the Minecraft client part. However, if there's two cl classes that have the same name, um, there's a couple instances of that. There's some with tag, um, there's some with some like block state predicates and stuff like that. If we have those, we then hash the entire name, including with the package. For methods, if there's two methods with the same name, but different signatures, we add the signature into the hash. And then I don't think there's anything for fields. Um, Jeter? technically for fields. Um, I think if I may take over, you're absolutely correct with everything you said. I think you just missed the point of the question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm pretty okay. sure the question is about like actually hash collisions. Um, because when hashing, of course, it could happen that two different inputs give you the exact same output. Um, <laughs> so sorry to cut you off there. Uh, actually, Earth did a calculation, a real quick one back in the day on the first RFC. I'm, I was just trying to find it. I couldn't really find it that quickly, though. Oh, there it is. Oh, I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, did some calculation. I found it. I found it. Um, it's a really, really low probability. Okay, I found it. So is that using the estimate there are 5,000 classes in Minecraft, which is about right. Um, and we want a probability of 0 0.001. We get that many bits. And then he's, and he said 7.6 digits is appropriate. And I, I actually used, um, I think, eight digits now base 26 digits, which is actually more than this. So he estimated that if every snapshot, all the mappings would change, and there would be a snapshot every week, then the, it would be expected time until we have a name collision in 190 years. So we decided it's a non-issue. It could theoretically happen that at some point for one snapshot, we have a name collision. But even if we had an in collision, the chances of them being in the same class or same method and actually being collisions is really, really low. So it should not be an issue. Yeah, and, and that's if every single mapping were to change, every single snapshot. And you've got to remember that most of the mappings stay the same every snapshot. Um, I think the question above that is more Oros area yeah. of expertise. Would you like to take Burger's one, Oro? Yes. All right. Burger's question. Can hashed work as an intermediary without quote mappings? I forgot, but you probably already said. Um, I'm assuming your question's referring to can other mappings be built on top of hashed? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely. Um, one of the reasons I have also been refactoring the quote mappings build script is so that other people can go and write their own mappings using this improved build script. Because um, if you tried to use, like it took me forever to figure out how to use the 
build script because it was taken directly from Yarn, and it was very. I mean, I mean, when I got it, it was a thousand lines long, and there have been a couple things added since then. And so, by rewriting in Java, I'm opening it up to more people so that they can work with it easier as well. And yes, please make your own custom mappings for um, hashed. Um, you know, it's by by having more people just looking at the code. Maybe you pick a really good name, and Quilt Mappings will decide to incorporate it because we just like it so much. Okay, I'll take the chasm one for the time being. Yep. So the question is, why does chasm need a custom language? Okay, so I'll make this one a little bit longer to answer. The short answer to that is it doesn't. Short answer, it doesn't need a custom language. Um, the long answer starts with when we made the first prototype of Chasm. Um, there was some debate of what file format we should use because you somehow need to, um, the mod somehow needs to explain what kind of bytecode transformation it wants to do. So the requirements for the language were basically it should be Turing complete. Um, that's pretty much all the requirements we had originally. So the first idea was, you know, if we need a Turing complete language, why just don't we just use JVM bytecodes? That's Turing complete. It works perfectly fine most of the time. Um, that should be good. Uh, so we experimented with that a bit, and then it's we talked about caching. We need to make sure that our if our input doesn't change. Um, well, one goal of Chasm is that we can cache it. So if you don't change your mods, don't change your config files, whatever, you don't need to reapply all the transformations. The idea is that that hopefully um, helps with startup time. So we wanted it to be cacheable, which then meant that the whatever describes the transformations you want to perform needs to be the same every single time. So, okay. We need to make sure that people don't use system.random in their transformers. Um, and bytecode that mean that we had meant we had to manually check the bytecode and verify that it doesn't use anything we don't want it to use. In JVM bytecode, you can literally import whatever you want, and there's hardly a restriction on it. So we had to make a bytecode analyzer that verifies that nothing fishy is going on in the transformer. And one of the decisions we made after that long discussion uh, was that we should probably not use a JVM bytecode. Yes, the fridge verifier. We should probably not use a JVM bytecode when instead just make use some other language that on its own guarantees that it doesn't like import system random, that we can easily guarantee is functionally pure. So. That was basically the decision to make a custom language. Now, what kind of format a custom language is, is not exactly sure. Yeah, the other reason, okay, thanks, I almost forgot about it. The other reason I didn't like JVM bytecode is because, um, okay, two other reasons. Thanks, uh, <laughs> I completely forgot. Um, using the JVM meant that we had to provide a, Java facing API for ASM which for Chasm which had many issues. 
um, need to verify that everything is called in the correct at the correct time that it doesn't call functions it's not supposed to call really restrict the API and the other reason was that basically the everyone who tried to write something for ASMR ended up writing the transformer in Java and compiling it to bytecode which was not the point of the transformation the point was that some front end would generate it but it turned out the only really really the only convenient way to generate a JVM bytecode is by writing it in Java and Essentially, this would mean that everyone who makes a front end needs to build a Java compiler, and that's really not what I wanted for the project. So there's multiple reasons why we wanted a, a non-JVM language. I was looking at other language options, like there's a bunch of stuff, and I just at the end I decided, you know what, I always wanted to write a language on my own. I'm just going to write one myself for now because it's fun. And there's no promises that this is the one we're going to use at the end. Crop also has one that looks also interesting, is completely different. So yeah, no promises there. We'll see. We'll see what All ends right. up being the actual language. There's a couple answer. other questions here, but I don't know if we can answer them without the admin team. Madeline, I'm sure that there could be some way to that because of how Loom works with layered mappings, which is a blessing, um, even though it's horrible, um, that you could create a fully encompassing mapping set that does convert the two. Um, I'm sure someone will make a plugin that also takes the hash names and converts them to intermediary so that you can see the easier to visualize names for it. Hashed is definitely not something for people to use. It's definitely a backend. Um, but yes, there could potentially be ways to do that. And if I'm going to be honest, I would much rather see um, quote mappings reach 100% coverage rather than um, having to make something easier to read. Um, I don't know when we could reach the 100% coverage, but maybe by 1.20. Oh, that sounds weird to say. <laughs> um, yeah, one, one more thing to add on to hash. Um, because one of the concerns a lot of people had was readability of hashed names. I personally think it's a non-issue, but I'm not going to tell people it's not. Maybe it turns out to be. Maybe it's just for them annoying. Um, some people complain that they think that letters make it less readable and they'd rather have numbers like an intermediary. And I just want to say, obviously, you can apply another layer on top and then very easy one would be to just rehash the hashed names again and use numbers instead of normal names. So if anyone has concerns about readability of hash deaths, I'm certain there's ways we can work around that, if that really ends up being a problem. Yes, I would like to say it's definitely not something that's easy to say to other people. It's like, oh yes, C underscore ASDF uh, GHJ, which is not, not as easy to say as something like class 310, but I would, say on the other hand that 
I was able to, because I've worked with the hash names a lot, I was able to pick up some of them and it was pretty easy to understand what was going on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's some fun names in hashed as well. You know, if you use random letters and put them behind each other, there's some really fun names to memorize. Um, I'm not going to use them here because they're not all TG. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some fun to be had there as well. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, that's very you, Cheater. That's very you. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I mean, I think we can probably answer uh, Glitch's question without an admin team here, even though it would be better for admin. Yeah, it would be better if they were here, but they're quite busy at the moment. Um, you would be more familiar than I would with the entry method if you want to handle that one. Yeah, I'll take the first one. I'm sure other people can join in if they want to. So that was the first question to ask today. I want to contribute <laughs> to insert project name here. Where do I get started? Also, how do I join triage teams for QSL and mappings? So first off, Thank you for wanting to contribute to some project glitch. I'm sure you'll be around much. Um, uh, <laughs> if you want to contribute to a project, the best way to get involved is to go into Discord, find the corresponding chat, and say in that chat, hey, I want to help here. It'll take less than, I don't know how long, not very long, for people to be very happy to have it there, very happy to have helping hands. Um, and you can't possibly answer it for all projects together. So go into the respective channel, ask there. Um, it's very nice and cool that if you go into a specialized channel, you actually have people there who are specialized on their topic and actually know what they're talking about. So works great. Where do you get started? Again, ask in there. But if you want to have a general overlook, uh, overview without like asking too deep of questions, you can always go into GitHub. Um, github.com slash quiltmc. Uh, look at the projects, whatever interests you. Click on the project. Maybe look at the PR page. Look at the issues page. Um, we're trying, again, as I mentioned before, we're trying now to like open more issues so people can contribute more easily. GitHub Discord, our top two ways. And for the triage teams, I think I'll leave this one for someone else. Someone from Mappings. QSL? I guess that's technically me as well, but... I can speak for mappings. Uh, right now, anyone that's interested in being on the mapping triage team, we are welcoming because uh, I want to grow that team out so we have more people. The more eyes, the better, in my opinion. Um, so if you want to look at mappings and triage them, please do. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, I think... It's probably the same for QSL. Um, if Lambda wants to talk about that, you can. Okay, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, generally speaking, same applies. Go into respective channel on Discord. Say, I want to join the triage team, and you're probably just going to get in. All right. Um, I guess I'll take this one. So, 
as he themselves asks, have you looked into clear communication outside of the quilt community regarding the project's goals? I find that there's poor awareness of the technological goals, particularly improvements and proposals. Uh, I've Someone told me that they thought Quilt is still in the many RFCs little code stage, and I think it would be good for the project to communicate what benefits it brings to the player, modder, and or mod pack creator over or just like prior solutions. So this is a really interesting question. Um, it's a little difficult for me to answer without an admin here since they would have a little bit more familiarity with the subject in general. But there are a few things that we're doing. Um, obviously, these public meetings are one of the most recent attempts for us to get more people involved with what's going on in the development side of things. Um, it's kind of tricky to get too specific in other communities. Uh, there are a lot of spaces that do tangentially talk about Quilt and where Quilt is going and what they think about Quilt. Um, it turns out this is a lot of spaces. Uh, my microphone should be fine, Southport, please. Please, don't tell me Good it's enough fine. Enough for now. That's... <laughs> not, not perfect. Uh, what, is it too loud? It's fine, it just keep going for now. It's not that bad. Uh, maybe my internet's dying. Maybe that, does that help a bit? Is that a bit better? Okay. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. Yes, uh, I was saying that there are a lot of spaces that do talk about Quilt and where Quilt is going. Um, it, it's a little bit difficult to insert yourself into those discussions. Uh, I think it is important. I've actually been doing it somewhat. Um, actually, I've seen the same things you've seen where people think we're still early planning stage, which, yeah, you're right, is, is not true. That's not where we are. <laughs> But it's quite hard to get the word out in that sense. Um, I think we should probably utilize stuff like Twitter more, uh, give people easy ways to share the information that we have. Uh, unfortunately, again, I have RSI right now, so it's kind of hard for me to handle managing all those things at the moment. Um, I would maybe like to delegate some of that, <laughs> but we'll see. But as for broader strokes, it's kind of hard for me to come up with specifics without the admin team around, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how else to address that. Uh, you're typing for a while, so I assume you have comments on what I just said. Anyone <laughs> else just talking about popcorn? <laughs> As he says, for context. Honestly, I thought you are in the little code stage still until today. Public meetings are a good idea in community. It would be good to mirror them to social media platforms to allow people to distribute them outside of the QuiltCom bubble. Personally, what I'd recommend is maybe reworking the front page of Quilt to be less description and more pitch. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And as Southpaw said in chat, uh, we've had the idea of throwing it into a podcast feed. Um, I was looking into that before I somehow hurt myself. Uh, yeah, again, I agree with you. It's something that we should do. We should make these things more accessible and easier to listen to. Um, not just for a case of, you know, getting things out on platforms, but also 
maybe uh, reformatting them after the fact into something a bit more listenable, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, thinking between discussions when we're doing it live. Um, as for the website, nobody's touched it for a while, and I'm kind of sad to admit that, but um, I've been busy. I've got RSI. Fork is busy, and Fork is the main person that's been doing the website. Uh, we have big disagreements on how websites should be designed, but he knows way more about front-end than I do, so I just kind of let him at it. <laughs> Burker talking about the stat stuff. Yeah, it is cool, but, you know, that's all it is for most of you. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, we, we As... also try to be a little careful with this, I think. Um... Because while well, some hype would be good to get us going eventually, um, we were mostly worried about being overhyped recently, uh, especially with the 118 release coming up. We were a little worried that people expect us to be fully ready for 118, and then we're not, and then it's going to be much worse. Um, yeah, I so yeah. agree. Yeah. While I do I, think I, it would I, be I good forgot. to have some <laughs> more people being aware of us, it's also not... We don't want people to be sitting there for like two years, constantly checking their watch, like when is cooled ready, when is cooled ready, and then just forget about us. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. Like, yeah, we I have mean, too little yeah. exposure. It was never something that was on my mind. I was more worried about like, I know people want us to be ready now. What can we do to like not overpromise anything? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, what you're saying is totally true. Um, more people should be at least aware that we are progressing and not just, oh, I remember hearing about it once, but I don't think it went anywhere. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, actually, I meant to say that and I forgot about it, but we've always been pretty conscious of overdoing the hype. and. You know, some people were hoping we'd re we'd have a full release by 1.8 or at least the beta. We're not at that point. We'd hope to be, but, you know, things don't always work out the way you think they're going to work out. And this kind of work is always the kind of thing that's going to take a while to do. Um, but yes, yeah, so I agree. We, we, we should spread ourselves out a bit more. I think we can do that without overdoing the hype. Um, I think a lot of it is going to be about... Uh, well, not mood necessarily, but just deciding how we promote things. But I don't think we need to go super hard on that still. Just utilizing what we have more and getting feeds up would be a great thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, eventually we can probably just publish the dev box to Twitter or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Would be a fun idea. Hmm. Uh, I think Alex can do the one, like, he already kind of answered it. Yes, okay, so Lith asks, are there still plans on auto dependency downloading? Um, and the answer is yes, this is what this is what loader plugins will allow us to do. 
um, in a sort of in a sort of general fashion, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's definitely still we definitely still want to have automatic dependency downloading. Um, we're just not quite yet quite there yet. All right, I think I'll just I think I'll just take KVs um, because it's very team agnostic again. So it's not like a single person can answer it anyway, but I'll give it my best. Uh, KB asked what teams need help the most. I'd say top spot by far, build tools. Um, unfortunately, no one wants to do build tools. Um, so if you're into build tools, if you like, if you for some reason like using Gradle, um, like developing Gradle plugins, please, please hit us up. Um, I think the other one is like QSL and mappings can always use help. Um, it's a very easily parallelizable task. So there's never a point where it's like you can't work on this right now. Um, so QSL and mappings for sure. Um, for Chasm, I can just say I'm just hoping for inputs. There's some issues open that are more about deeper discussions. I really hope people can just give input on those. Um, otherwise, it's in a fairly good spot right now. I'm sure there will be more issues in the future. Uh, I'm not sure if this. I think Loader is a little hard right now because then the merging process. Um, I'm sure I forgot something. I think that's pretty much all of them. So I'd say most help is needed on build tools, but you can always help on QSL and mappings because they never run out of work anyway. All right, thank you. Um, it doesn't look like we have any more questions, so and it is about time to end. So if unless anybody else has anything else to say then or any other questions to ask, then do that now. Or forever hold your peace. Yeah, I think I think we went through all of the questions. All right, well, in that case, I guess we can conclude this. Yeah. All right, well, thank you everyone for coming and hopefully we can see some of you the week after next. Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.